0: Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts.
1: As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing.
0: We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love.
1: This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable,
0: bring your trauma and your drama,
1: and let's start healing.
0: Welcome Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. What we're going to be doing is continuing a series of bad psychological advice, things you might hear from friends, family, or things you might see on the internet. We've already released two episodes on the subject, So please go back and listen to those if you haven't already. Before we jump right in, we'd like to ask you if you could take a little bit of time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It's very helpful to us to help grow the podcast and help people who could benefit from this find our episodes. All right, so let's jump into part three of bad psychological advice.
1: So in this series so far, these are the types of advice that we've already talked about. This idea of just get over it. Happiness is a choice. You don't need therapy, just talk to your friends. Don't complain, others have it worse. Always stay positive. And we ended the last episode with just do what makes you happy. So this first one we're going to talk about today could be very similar to this last one about just do what makes you happy, but we're going to take it in a little different direction. So this advice of follow your heart. When we talked about just do what makes you happy, a little bit of what we talked about is What makes you feel good and what makes you happy might not be beneficial for you in the long term. But also this other idea of just doing what makes you happy might not be the morally correct thing. So today with this first one of follow your heart, it could go along that same lines of just doing what makes you happy, right? If you're following your heart, you're doing what your heart feels and the things that make you happy. It's important to balance your emotions and the things that you desire with logic and consider the potential consequences of your action. Although I think the people who are giving you this advice of just follow your heart have really good intentions, right? They want you to be happy in the long term. I think we really do need to think about the picture as a whole and be wise in the decisions that you're making.
0: I do think, too, that the idea of follow your heart is kind of a non-answer. People oftentimes will give you that answer when they don't want to give you a piece of advice and have it go poorly for you. And so I think you'd be better off just saying that, like, hey, listen, I don't really know what to tell you about this. I think you need to look good and hard into this and try to figure out how to solve this problem. But just follow your heart, to me, is not very helpful because your emotions are very fickle. And so you have to sit down and really analyze and try to make a hard decision about what you should do with something. And I think even for us, sometimes we can take that as a cop-out ourselves. Like, I'm just going to do what I feel is right versus I need to stop and carefully consider what is the right thing. And I think even a lot of times people know what's the right thing right out of the gate to do, but a lot of times they don't like the answer. So then that causes them to kind of delay in action because they're like, oh, this thing I should do, I don't really want to do it. I would so much rather do this other thing. And that's oftentimes the case with the right answers. The right answer isn't normally the easier answer. The right answer is normally the harder answer. But your heart is almost always going to tell you to do the easier thing. There's this thing Ruth has been doing lately. It's very funny where she'll be tired and she has something she needs to do. And then she'll be like, don't lay down, don't lay down, don't lay down. Oh, I lay down. And actually, this is something she's saying while she's midair falling into bed. And it's very funny because it's not really a big deal by any means, but she does have something that she should be doing, but instead she's choosing to lay down or to rest or do something like that. And that's just a funny little example of she's kind of following her heart, but there is something that she should be doing instead, but she's kind of letting the feelings win out and following through with the, oh, I'm just going to relax for now. And so our emotions are something that we don't want to ignore. We need to think through them. We need to manage them but they are not a good barometer that we should use to make choices and decisions with. The next thing we want to address is the idea that you're not happy because you're not trying hard enough. Now, in some situations, there are definitely people who could put in more effort and they might be able to increase their level of happiness that they're getting. But there's definitely some people who they could try till the cows come home and they're really not going to be able to extend much of their level of happiness. And it might be because of psychological trauma or damage, or their negative life circumstances make it very difficult for them to be happy. And they can just keep trying and trying and trying, but until some of those issues are addressed, it's going to be so hard for them to really find that happiness or to experience that level of happiness. If your life's in shambles, you can't just put a grin on your face and act happy. You got to go back and work at rebuilding the life that has kind of crumbled. Or if you have these deep psychological traumas, then you might have to go and put in this work in a different area. And then that happiness is able to bloom later.
1: And this idea of if you're unhappy, it's because you're not trying hard enough. I think this is very similar to in the first episode on this, where happiness is a choice. Because this is really kind of this oversimplified advice where it ignores those external factors and different mental health conditions that can affect that happiness. So oftentimes it puts this judgment on them. And kind of tells them, you're just not trying hard enough. You're not doing enough to be happy. When in reality, there's a lot of different factors that really play into this. And so it's easy to really simplify advice that we give or simplify the problems that people come to us with or the problems that you see that people are experiencing. But not everything is so simple. There are a lot of factors that could be playing into it. The next advice is this idea that time heals all wounds. And coming from a trauma-informed therapist, this isn't always the truth. When there is past trauma and things that have not been dealt with and haven't been processed, while time can certainly help, there are certain things that need to be actively processed and worked through in order to find true healing in things. Where we just want it to be a band-aid over it, And for you to just be able to get through and still go through life and be functional, we want you to find true and deep healing. Because there's a lot of people that are functional, but they're not thriving and they haven't found true
0: healing. This is always something I like to talk to people about when they're kind of deeper in the EMDR process, where they are like, man, I'm feeling so good. I'm so happy. And I always like to ask them, compared to what? You're so good and you're so happy now compared to how you used to feel. But then I always like to pose this question. But what if you could be so much happier than you are even currently? And it's this interesting intellectual exercise where we are constantly comparing if we're in a good position or if we're in a bad position based off of our own previous experiences. But if you come from a really rough life and you've had a really hard go of it, your idea of what is good or healthy or normal is going to be dramatically skewed. And so you may be thinking you're operating healthy compared to deep levels of unhealthiness, but you may be just operating at less unhealthy than you were. But then imagining, okay, if I think this is healthy, but then somebody is able to get me to a truly healthy state, how much different that would be. It gets to be mind-blowing. And I think a lot of times when I have this conversation with my clients, they understand it in theory until you actually unlock that next level. And then when you get there, they're always like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. This is crazy. I never thought I could feel this good.
1: Oh, for sure. So it's not necessarily that time has healed all wounds because I've seen people who are in their 60s or even their 70s who have had childhood trauma. And after all that time, they still had very deep wounds. And through the EMDR process, we were able to really tackle and find that true healing, but it wasn't a matter of, oh, just wait it out and that time will heal it.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember this one story in particular. I had this lady, she's pretty advanced in age and she had been on medication her entire life and we did a good number of rounds of EMDR and then we had finished it off and she's like, I'm feeling really good. I'm going to talk to my psychiatrist about getting off medications and then I hadn't seen her for a month and then she came back in, she had been off medications for a month and then I reviewed with her, so how are we doing? What's going on? And she's like, I am just feeling so good. She's like, I'm feeling better now off my medication than I was ever feeling on my medication. And it's not that her medication was making her feel bad. She was on a good medication regimen. It was helping her to cope with her negative feelings better. But once those negative feelings were actually removed and the root problem was gone, she felt so much better than she had felt basically her entire life. So I think it's really important that if you think about a situation or memory or even a belief system, like I'm not good enough, I'm unlovable, and those really kind of poke or press or prod at you, it makes you feel uncomfortable in any way, shape, or form, that's a good indication that that wound has not yet healed. And it needs to be addressed in order for that wound to actually be healed. So the next thing we want to talk about is lay people's psychological advice or lay people's psychological experience. And I think there's a lot of benefit that can come from that, where you can hear somebody else's lived experience and it can deeply connect with you, where you're like, oh my gosh, I feel that exact same thing, and I didn't know anybody else was feeling that, or oh my gosh, the way they experience this, that's totally the way I experience that same thing. But oftentimes, you can get people who have a little bit of information, but then they're dangerous with that little bit of information. So I was watching this video one time, and it was supposed to be kind of a funny but informative video where this person's like, when you have ADHD and the temperature outside doesn't end in an even number, and then they just had this like horrified look on their face. And immediately I was like, I'm sorry, that's that's not ADHD, that's OCD. And if you're watching that and you take that away, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that that was a component of ADHD, you might go and you might seek help for ADHD when really the problem that you're exhibiting, the problem that you have, if that's making you uncomfortable, is OCD. But because you saw this and, oh, this person seemed so confident that this was ADHD, then you go seeking maybe medication to get help with that, and you're pressing on your psychiatrist to give you ADHD medication, oh, I'm very certain I have ADHD, and then they ask you all the questions if you have ADHD, and you just answer an affirmative because you're already convinced that you have it, then you're going to be getting medication that will do you no good, that won't solve the problem that you currently have. And so even though some of these videos might be very helpful when you see it, and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel that, You have to be careful about how seriously you take what they say about a diagnosis or what they say about something that might be helpful or not helpful, especially when it's coming from a layperson source.
1: Another thing that I hear often is this idea of OCD, you know, where you want something a certain way and they say, oh, I'm just so OCD. And so there are a couple of diagnoses where, yes, we have tendencies of different diagnoses. And when we were going through our master's program and we were learning about the DSM, they were saying, you know, be careful of diagnosing yourself or your family members because we do. We all have different tendencies of maybe certain diagnosis, but it doesn't mean that we have that diagnosis. And so as we were going through the anxiety episodes in the past, I know we talked a little bit about the difference between OCD and OCPD, but a lot of times what people call OCD just in more the perfectionism aspect, that possibly could be more OCPD, which just stands for obsessive compulsive personality disorder. So there is a difference even in that, whereas OCD has those obsessive thoughts and then they have those compulsions as well. OCPD is more what we think of people that are, you know, retentive and perfectionistic.
0: And hyper clean or organized versus the OCD is you're laying in bed And you go and you check if you lock the front door 15 times. Or you have to flip on and off a light switch three or four times in order to get a certain sensation or release from a certain sensation. Or you're driving down the road and you're counting all the white cars or something along those lines. Those are all examples of OCD. And so if you're consuming psychological content from lay people, I'm not trying to tell you not to enjoy that or not to have fun with it, but you have to take it with a grain of salt. And you have to understand they may say it's this thing, but it might not quite be true. It might not quite be accurate because like I said, that content creator that I had seen, they might have ADHD, but it also looks like from that video, they probably have OCD and maybe it's undiagnosed, which is why they attributed that OCD tendency to ADHD.
1: It also may not be OCD or OCPD. It might be something to do with control because of some kind of trauma you experienced or you have some anxiety or it may be situational. Where this isn't an ongoing thing, but certain situations will cause you to exert certain control over things in your environment. So there's a lot of different things that it could be. But I think when you're talking about it, that's one of the misdiagnoses that I see often. All right, you guys, we're going to end there with today's episode. So what we talked about today as far as the bad psychological advice, some of the advice that we covered today is to follow your heart. If you're unhappy, it's because you're not trying hard enough. Time heals all wounds and being careful of advice you just kind of hear out and about and how that misdiagnosis might not be helpful to you. We're going to do one final episode on the same topic that you guys had shared in the Facebook group about some advice you've experienced that was not helpful or was harmful to you. So stay tuned into the next episode as we talk more about that. Have a great day, and remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you.
0: If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988.
1: Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.